Hi, I'm Beth Fuller, and you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I know the world can feel intimidating or scary at times, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Through the lens of food, we can learn so much about one another, celebrate our differences, and maybe eat some tasty food along the way. Are you ready to do this? I know I am. So let's go on a food adventure together right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Fuller, and this is episode 36. Lucky number 36. All right, if you're new to the podcast, thanks for joining us. If you've been here a long time, I love you and appreciate you. You know our drill. Go to my website for all of the show notes, elizabethrfuller.com. While you're there, check out my amazing photography. It's what I do for a living. Gotta plug myself. Hire me. I'm amazing. Let's make your products and business shine with my gorgeous photography. Questions for the podcast. If you want to be on the podcast, if you need culinary sleuthing of any kind or relationship advice, I'm here for you. Send me an email. Let's go on a food adventure gmail.com and tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. All right, you guys, let's do this. So how was your weekend? Mine was good. Mine was really good. Thanks for asking. I um I had a nice weekend. I did I did some some networking on Saturday and saw a friend, a good friend, and uh, then Sunday I went to my mom in uh, her my stepfather's house in New Hampshire and uh, hung out with them and had lunch. It was lovely, and picked up a chair so they I tend to hmm, how can I put this I get this gene from my father and my distant relatives if something is still in good condition I have a hard time throwing it out do I keep everything absolutely not am I a really good Marie Kondo-y gal in getting rid of crap absolutely but there are a few random things that I'm like that's still in really good like it's not like a cousin Eddie moment where the chair has just been caught on fire by the Christmas tree and the cat and and all of that and it's smoking outside and I take it in that way no 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 like this this chair though a few years old was still in great condition because my mom and and my stepfather um are much more gentle on furniture than apparently I am so she was like, I got this, I bought a new chair. Do you want this? It's this really nice, twirly, rocky, pretty upholstered chair. And I was like from a store called Boston Interiors here. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll take that. Yeah, it'd be great for my living room. So, because even at 40, still taking hand-me-downs from my mom. So I go up to New Hampshire, I get the chair, I bring it back. And, oh, God. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to, I am, and let me just also say this, um, I am a very instant gratification gal. Uh, when the internet was invented, I was beyond thrilled. And then God, when Amazon came into the picture, holy shit, my life changed. Who doesn't love online shopping with free next day delivery? This gal, she loves it. I will shop at any small store, big store, doesn't matter. Send it to me the next day, I'm in heaven. So instant gratification is big in my world. So I'm in the living room and I'm also going to say sorry to my husband now because I don't think I told him the whole story last night when he came home. So I'm in the living room and I'm re- so he's hearing it now with all of you. 
So I'm in the living room and I'm rearranging the furniture, waiting for Todd to come home to take the chair out of the back of the car because it's a heavy chair and I couldn't move it just myself. That much I knew. And being 40, I've tried to move heavy things by myself before and I've learned the hard way. So I had enough wherewithal to say, okay, Beth, we're going to wait for Todd to come home to move the chair. So there's this other leather chair in the living room and Todd said that he would love to have it in his like man cave in the basement. And I said, sure. So I thought I'll move it for him. And like, then all we have to do is get the chair from the car when he gets home from work and we'll like slip it in the corner. It's going to be super easy. This is going to be great. And then he's got the chair downstairs. He'll be so excited. This is great. This is great. My intuition told me, go through the bulkhead. But for some reason, I decided not to. So we have a colonial house. It's 100 years old. So it's not like big, open, modern floor plan. It's also not teeny tiny rooms, but the doorways are not massive. They're 100-year-old doorways. So furniture 100 years ago, I don't think was as large and in charge maybe as some of the furniture nowadays. So to get to the basement, you got to walk through what a hallway, walk down another thing. It jogs a little this way, go through this little mudroom area, and then down a set of old stairs. So I'm doing all of this. Why I didn't go outside in the backyard through the bulkhead would have been the easy way out. Don't know why. Just thought, let's do it this way. So I do it that way. I get down to the staircase with this, and it's awkward, and it's cumbersome, and I'm trying to maneuver it, and it's like a a loungy leather chair. So I get it halfway down the stairs in the basement and it's stuck. It's literally stuck hanging above my head. I'm below it in the staircase and this goddamn chair is wedged in between the walls of the stairwell and like the the way the ceiling height is pitched. And I was like, fuck, what? I gonna do now? So I take, I was like, and like as I'm pulling it, this like sand materials coming down, and I was like, oh, it must be a lot of dirt or something or raw. I don't know what the hell this is. So I was like, all right, I'll go through the bulkhead. So I go up through the bulkhead. I just like left the chair hanging suspended in midair. Go through the bulkhead, come around, go up a set of stairs into the house again, down to the basement, and then I look and I was like. How is this thing fucking stuck? So I'm like pulling at it and it's wedged real tight and I give it a good yank. And then I see, and this is the part I forgot to tell Todd, that the foot of the chair, one of the feet, is lodged in the drywall. (laughs) In the staircase. And I was like, oh no. So what did I say to myself? Now I'll fix it. I'll go to Lowe's. I'll get some patch. I'll patch that. I'll paint it. Like I've fixed many of things. Not well, but you know, I'm a little bit of a hack with certain fixing projects around the house. I can figure that out though. Little Lowe's trip. Bring Oliver with me. It'll be great. He's allowed in. He's like the mayor of Lowe's. And so I unlodged the chair Drywall goes everywhere. It's like, fuck, I gotta clean this up now too. It's hot, it's humid. <laughs> Take it now, back the way I should have taken it, bring it in the basement, clean everything up. Todd comes home and I was like, look what I have. And he was like, great, 
that's awesome. Let me help you with the chair in the car. And it all worked out. But today we're not talking about this. Today we're talking about something, something else. I just wanted to share that with you because I got a kick out of it. I think you'll get a kick out of it. And again, honey, I am going to fix the drywall. Don't worry. I'm on it. I got it. So today we're talking. So hold on. I mean, this is another bite-sizey kind of episode where it's just me. Hi, just me. And we're going to talk about a country that I absolutely love and adore. And it sparked my love of travel. And I've mentioned it in other episodes, but I just wanted to talk about it a little bit more. And I'm going to answer some of your food questions that you've sent in. But I've tried to find a way to streamline some of your food questions and highlight this country at the same time. So... Wish me luck. Today we're talking about Ireland. I love Ireland. Ireland has a very special spot in my heart, and I swear I'm going to really try not to do any Irish accents, but it has a very special spot in my heart because when I was 19, I had an opportunity to travel for the first time by myself without any adult supervision, and I picked Ireland, and I convinced one of my girlfriends at the time to go with me. And we left and we went and it was the first time I'd ever been through customs. It was the first time I'd ever been on an international flight. It was it was a lot of firsts for me, navigating the world, figuring out how to just live life. And this is, keep in mind, we did this in 2000. So in 2000, there was internet cafes, but we didn't have cell phones. Um, we couldn't afford them. We also used pay phones and calling cards to call home. And so... When you were trying to figure out like how to book something or how to like I had to call internationally for the first time when I was like trying to book our hostel when we got there, which was a huge fail and didn't work out. But um, and then we slept. It doesn't matter. It do- I mean, it matters, but it doesn't matter. And like looking back and how I traveled at 19 is so different than how I travel now at 40 without question. And it was such a beautiful learning experience. And Ireland is, it's a country that is so unbelievably friendly. I think the Irish and Australians and New Zealands have the friendliest people on the planet. They will talk with you. They want to get to know you. They will, if you're lost, they will bring you where you're going, even if it's so far out of their way and they're on their way to someplace. Like, They are the nicest, kindest people. I fell in love with the pub culture and how it was really more of a gathering place for family and friends to chit chat and catch up, not a place for people to get raging blacked out drunk every night. I'm sure it happens occasionally, but it's not every night wasn't a party in Ireland. It was just it was just really nice. It was really it was cozy even in the summertime, it was cozy. And it's a very, very, very special country. So we, me and my girlfriend, Lisa, tried to live in Dublin and that didn't work out. And so then we ended up going and trying to live in Galway and that was amazing. And so when we were in Dublin, we were there for about two weeks and we could not, could not find uh, a flat. We couldn't. We found 
jobs were a little easier to, to, to get by, but uh, finding an apartment was not happening. And we were trying to, we were working with this international student service thing and they weren't very helpful. We had work visas, but it just wasn't, it wasn't happening. And so we were running out of money and we were at a pub having lunch and somebody was like, have you been to Galway? I'm like, no, it's Galway. They're like, oh, it's this brilliant town on the west coast of Ireland. You, It's got this great university. It's young. It's beautiful. So we went and when we got off and I've, I'm sure I've told you this story before, but like, so when we went to Ireland, Lisa and I packed, like we were moving away for the rest of our lives and we were taking every personal possession we had acquired in the 19 years of our life here on this planet with us because God forbid we left a tube top behind and it was the late 90s early 2000s and so in my mind I thought well there were so many what if scenarios playing in my head what if this Italian stallion comes in and finds me in a pub and is like do you want to go to the French Riviera I need an outfit for that you know, I'm 19. I got to have options. Your girl needs options. So I packed literally every single thing in my closet and then some. I can tell you right now, I didn't wear a quarter of it, but that's okay. Lisa too packed every single thing in her closet. And this was also a time when there was no such thing as MP3s or uh, iTunes or anything to do with electronic music. You had CDs and a CD player. So we brought books of CDs with us. I mean, it was ridiculous, the, the stuff we brought, but we brought it all. And when we were taking the train to Galway, Lisa's suitcase broke because we had overpacked all of our suitcases. And I mean, not like little wheelie bags or duffel bag or anything like that. I'm talking like you could, the mob, the mob would move dead bodies in these suitcases. Like they were massive. Lisa's broke. We couldn't fix it in the rail in the rail station, so we had to now combine our suitcases, and which made them even more packed. So we get off the train in Galway, and I'm and we both smoked at the time, and we're standing outside of the rail station. I light up a cigarette and I was like, "Oh God, where do we go? What do we do?" And this chick our age comes up next to us, and she's like, "You know, what are you doing here? Oh, do you have a light?" I'm like, "Yeah, light her cigarette. Oh, what are you doing here?" So I tell her her name's Claire. And she's like, you need a place to live? And we're like, yeah. She's like, my boyfriend and his flatmate are looking for two flatmates. Do you want to come by later tonight and check it out? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah. She's like, yeah, they're just about to put it in the paper. So you should come now. I'm like, oh, my God. So we go to the hostel that we arranged for for a couple of nights and uh, check in there. Thank God it worked out this time. Unlike the first time when we first got there uh, to Dublin. And check in, walk around, walk and see a couple of other flats. They were all crap. We looked in a local paper and there was like showings and we were walking around in and out of a couple of them. And so then we go and meet Claire and her boyfriend and his his flatmate and they were and the boys were kind of geeky. And so and Lisa and I thought we were super cool. So we're like, oh my God, they're total dorks, but let's do it. You know, anyway, we weren't that bad, but they were, they were safe. <laughs> we felt very safe. Let's just say that. We felt very safe and comfortable living with two dudes that we had never met before. And they were all about our age. So we're all in our like, you know, early 20s kind of vibe. And it was on St. Brennan's Court in Galway near a pub. And it was the best 
apartment. Oh my God. It was so much fun. They were so nice. Claire was so nice. They welcomed us into their world. We ate dinner together. We would hang out together. It was so much fun. We played cards together. It was so, so, so much fun. And then we couldn't find jobs. But in the meantime, we experienced a lot of the West Coast of Galway, ate really well, went to a ton of pubs, figured out what, you know, really experiencing when you're 19 or 20, what I would imagine. I mean, I I wish I could have stayed longer. We didn't make it the full summer because we ran out of money. But like it was it was insane. It was so much fun. So this is kind of my little love letter to Ireland in a way. And I'm going to highlight a few recipes with things that I loved while I was there and answer a couple of your questions um, in this tiny little bite-sized episode talking about a country that I love and what sparked my love for getting out in the world and traveling. And even though Ireland, they, 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 they used to say, is not known for food, I'll be honest with you, it's pretty darn good. And over the years, it's gotten even better. So... Ireland is not just potatoes, but a few of the recipes I'm going to mention are very potato heavy. Anyway, let's get started. Joanne from Instagram writes, with fall just around the corner, what are a couple of your favorite fall recipes that you'd like to make right now? So here in New England, we're coming out of some pretty hot weather, but we're going into a stretch that's a little cooler and a little rainier. So I think this is a great time to answer this question because I'm kind of craving a little bit of fall food, um, and I can theme it around a few things that I love from Ireland. So first and foremost, stew. Fall to me, there is nothing better, and my stepfather Phil loves a Guinness beef Irish stew. I love a stew, whether it's beef, lamb, whatever kind of meat or not meat, if you want to go vegetarian and like bulk it up with a couple of mixed mushrooms, Oh man, it's just, it's delicious and it's so comforting and just some really good crusty bread to dip in the beef stew, whatever kind of stew you decide to dive into. I'm salivating. Um, Another thing I love, either corned beef and cabbage, or if you're not going to go, if that's too, I almost feel like that's too cliche. I love for breakfast, I mean for dinner, a breakfast corned beef hash or some other type of if you don't if you're not into the corned beef you can take roasted vegetables whether it's like brussels sprouts and this is kind of a uk thing but i'm sure the irish would be okay with me suggesting this like a bubble and squeak kind of vibe too but corned beef hash with a really good poached egg with like that bright orangey kind of yolk on top again crusty bread dip in that (laughs) in that I'm in a dipping crusty bread kind of vibe today um I'd be remiss without saying classic Irish soda bread I mean that's that's kind of a a given and then a Irish scone Irish scones are different than English scones um Irish scones are a little sweeter they're a little fluffier oh with some all of the the bread the scones whatever You need really good Irish butter. There is nothing better than Irish butter on this planet. Uh, It it will put any other butter to shame. It is so, so, so good. So good. And I'm salivating. I'm literally salivating. Sure. Is the Kerrygold Irish butter good? Absolutely. Kerrygold, if you want to sponsor us or you want me to take pictures of your butter, by all means, I'm here for you. 
there are other butters that are in Ireland that are next level to that even. So good Irish butter on anything. Oh my God, my God. Craig from Instagram writes, what are some of your favorite recipes to use up potatoes? Okay, let's go. Now, I know it's cliche to lump Ireland in with potatoes. There's so much more to Ireland than potatoes, but they they know a potato and they know how to, to use it well. So I'm going to mention a couple, like four things that I love that I've eaten in Ireland that um, I continue to make to this day. So one is Colcannon. Colcannon is basically like a super fancy, creamy, luxuriously rich mashed potato. A lot of times they put um, some kind of kale or cabbage sauteed and mixed in it. You could jazz it up, zhuzh it up, jazz it up. I mixed those two words together and that's how we got that zhuzh up word um, with maybe some bacon, crispy bacon or uh, dollop of sour cream on top. So it's kind of like this vibe of like a loaded mashed potato, but it's not. It's the cabbage and the or the kale or both um, add just a little bit of not bitterness, but it's just, it rounds it out so well. It's absolutely delicious. Um, I'll link some recipes in the show notes. There's this stew that I had in Dublin called, um, I think it's called like Dublin Coddle, I believe. And it's like a, like a beef stew, but instead it's kind of a great way to use leftovers from a Sunday roast. So if you've got leftover sausages, potatoes, maybe some roasted veg, and you kind of stew it down in like a rich beefy stock and um, stew base. And it just makes this delicious stew with sausage. It's so good. That's really good. Um, Another one, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right, called um, box tea. Box tea. It's B-O-X-T-Y. And it is potato pancakes sort of but not shredded potato pancakes you cook the potato and then you rice them so it gets nice and light and fluffy and then you make these beautiful potato pancakes that you can eat on the side as a side dish with sour cream or um, I've had them for brunch where you put smoked salmon on top and then like either a little crumb fresh and some chives Um, they're they're utterly delicious I think you can use them as a base for many things maybe even like a funky eggs benedict kind of thing Mm. Yum. And then an Irish potato soup. There's nothing better than a really good potato soup. Simple, again, some really good crusty bread. If you want to put some cheddar cheese on top and maybe a little bit of crispy bacon, great, but you don't need to. It's just so cozy and yummy and delicious. All right. Megan from Instagram writes, I have a sweet tooth. I love dessert. I know you have answered this many times, but do you have any fall or late summer dessert recipes you could share? So I definitely have a sweet tooth as well. And I think with the transition of the seasons, there's a few things that I would that I'm making right now that I would continue to make through September and into October. And now here in New England, we're getting out of the stone fruit season and going into apple season, which is massive in New England. And so I'm embracing a lot of apple things. Um, but first, right now is a great time to make a fool. I love fools. They're super easy to make. I mentioned them in previous episodes. I use tropical fruit in them. You can use 
And if you don't know what a fool is, it's basically like whipped cream. You could add mascarpone to it. You could add Greek yogurt to the whipped cream. You just want to make it a little thicker or not, or you can just leave it as is. And then you take some kind of stewed fruit in whatever capacity you want the fruit. Maybe it's strawberry rhubarb. Maybe it's just berries. Maybe it's tropical fruit. And you puree the fruit or you stew it and you cool it. And then you kind of ripple the or layer it up like a parfait with maybe a little bit of the fresh fruit, some of the stewed fruit, and then some of the whipped cream. And it's super easy to make. It's light. It's airy. I remember having that there. Honestly, I was 19. So there was definitely more savory things going on than sweet things at that time. European chocolate bars. (laughs) There's nothing better than a European chocolate bar. And uh, gosh, are they They just blow American stuff out of, like mass-produced American stuff out of the water. Um, Mass-produced European chocolate bars are just the the special place in my heart for that. But the other thing that I remember having, and I I could be wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure I remember having this, was an Irish apple cake. People in Ireland, if you're listening and I'm wrong with that and you don't make an apple cake, I'm so sorry if I'm offending you in any way, but... I just, I remember, I I clearly remember having this and I just remember it was really good and I'm pretty sure I slathered some more of that Irish butter on the apple cake and maybe you don't, maybe you're not supposed to, but I put Irish butter on absolutely anything I can get my hands on. Um, I remember that and then when you Google Irish desserts, there's, you know, I was trying to like jog my memory of things and there's some some that come up, like obviously a Guinness float. If you're going to do a Guinness float, do it, be indulgent, get some really good dark chocolate ice cream, a good Guinness that's nice and cold and fresh and pour that on top and just go for it. Like right now would be a great time to do something like that. Is that super traditional? No. Is it delicious? Absolutely. Um, And then another one that is actually stemmed from Ireland that's now very popular here are Irish coffees. I think they're delicious. I had my very first one in San Francisco a lifetime ago, and that was amazing. And to have it here now um, as a dessert, like if you even use decaf coffee, I know it's not a traditional Irish dessert, but if you are just looking for a little pick-me-up after dinner, I don't know. It's kind of good and indulgent and and light enough and maintains that buzz throughout the evening. So those are those are a handful and I'll link some more in the show notes. All right, you guys, thank you for the questions. I have plenty more that I still need to answer. I just wanted to keep this bite size. Ireland, I love you and adore you. You are a country I have a very, 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 very big place in my heart for and I can't wait to come back once it's safe which is soon. It's very soon. I'll be there. I promise. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the questions. Head over to the website for all of the show notes, elizabethrfuller.com. Keep the questions coming in. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. Lead with kindness. Make some yummy food this weekend and I'll see you next Friday. Bye.